0: on this episode of locked on lightning the lightning have some tough decisions ahead of them this summer we break it all down we make some decisions of our own but first let's play that music you're locked on lightning your daily podcast on the tampa bay lightning part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Thank you for making us your first listen on today's episode. We are looking a little bit deeper into this Lightning roster. Who stays? Who goes? Well, we hope you're staying with us for all of that. And please do so by subscribing to the podcast. Give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed. We are available on YouTube as well as in audio form, and we are free. So we're going to just cut to it right away. So uh, I'm going to share my screen with you. I Hopefully I don't mess this up. Uh, we're going to try and keep it professional here on lockdown on Lightning, of course. So let me just break this down. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about, you know, this roster. A lot of we and we got done talking about it. Well, we didn't really get done talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started talking about it a little bit here and there, so if you want to follow along, uh, we're on Cap Friendly, but if you're on YouTube, uh, it's right there in front of you. So we're looking at the cap hit, and we're also looking at the contracts. So obviously, a lot of the top guys are staying on this team until um, really you're starting to see some some money come off the books in 24, 25. Stamkos' contract is up after next year. He becomes a UFA. Uh, interesting conversation to be had about him. Uh, some fans think maybe it's time to to tr- part ways with him, you know, while he still has some value. Uh, whereas my opinion on him to start off right away is he's the face of your franchise. He's – I believe probably the best player in franchise history. I would just think that it's a tricky situation anytime you do something like that. Anytime you trade the best player in your franchise history, you trade your captain, uh, still the lifeblood of this team. I don't see how they do it. Um, Yeah, he makes eight and a half mil, but at the end of the day, I mean... I, I, I think that there would be too much backlash against the franchise in order for something like that to go over well in any scenario. I think, honestly, if the Lightning were ever to trade Sam even in the next year or so, and they went on to win another cup, I still think it wouldn't, f- it, it would just feel differently. I think, uh, not only for the fans, but for the team as well. Um, but obviously, the names that are coming off, the, and we could talk about that maybe later on in the summer, because I've seen some conversation here and there on Twitter, uh, in the comments section below on our YouTube channel as well. So very, very, like I said, very interesting conversation uh, to be had. It's one of those conversations where I don't know. There, there's many ways you could go about talking about it. So we'll we'll stick a pin in that. As well. But really, we're looking at the guys that are immediately coming off the books uh, this summer, most notably Alex Kalorn, uh, who's had a phenomenal season. And what do you really do? What do you really do with Alex Kalorn here? I mean, he's going to be 34. He's one of those players where the production clearly is still there. My issue is that. Yeah, he's going to be 34, but at the same time, just for certain times in the season like we saw with him this year, and had a good season, 100%, very good bounce back season. He's an old 34. My only thing with Kalorn is if he were to come back to Tampa, and I think it's There's a lot of mutual interest between him and the organization to get something done to bring him back. My issue as kind of what it was with last season's signings, uh, extensions of Sorelli, Sergachev, and uh, Paul, I don't want the Lightning to get too crazy about some sort of long-term deal. I think we're all in agreement here that if Alex Kalorn were to be on the team next year, It would have to be something in the three, four year range, maybe making about probably close to Corey Perry money. Uh, The length I'm not so crazy about. And if you don't know Corey Perry's contract, uh, he made a million dollars this year. So really not a lot. Um, I don't know how realistic it is for the lightning to be able to sign him to anything resembling the deal that he was on, uh, making 4.4 and a half million dollars a year. I, I just think that with their cap situation, um, and, and their needs don't necessarily lie on the offensive side of things. Like I spoke about on the last episode, I think that priority a, this offseason for the Tampa Bay Lightning really is the defensive core. You lost, you lost McDonough, you lost Ruta. Um, had been, not saying that he's finished, but this year really was kind of an eye opening experience for Lightning fans. So I think that at the end of the day, when you have guys like Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Hagel, um, Paul, Sorelli, uh, the list goes on. When you have guys, enough guys like that that could score, I wouldn't mind if if the figure is too high, and I don't think it's going to get to this point. I think Kalorn knows the situation very well in tune uh, with the lightning needs as well as realistic expectations. Now, he could go somewhere and make the money or some somewhat close to 4.4, maybe even get 4.5. At the same time, he loves Tampa Bay. Even if he goes to another situation, how much of a possibility is it going to be able for him to be in the same situation where he's going to be able to have a chance to win the Cup on a yearly basis for the rest of his career? I don't see where he could realistically go. If you look at a lot of the top teams in the league that are Right there, a lot of them are just in the same boat as the Lightning for the most part. So I I, I think, though, that if the Lightning, if they get to a number with Kalorn where they say we can't go any higher and he doesn't budge. My thing, if I'm in Julian Breezebaugh's shoes, I I look at him as though as, you know, we're willing to take that hit on the offensive side of things. Uh, we're willing to move on as much as you know it would suck for the fans. Um, but I think the lightning could take a hit on the offensive side of things. I think they have enough depth to get by offensively because you know if you if you let Kaloran go, you know you could slide up, I don't know maybe Paul or even if Colton sticks around. You have him slide up to that that third, maybe even second line spot. Um, you know, just something to think about. I, I I just think though, at the end of the day, I think really when we're looking at the NHL offseason, I really think that depending on what Kalorn gets, how much he he gets for how long he gets, I think it's really going to dictate the rest of the summer. I, I I firmly believe that I firmly believe that really that will be the first thing you hear uh when you're when you're when you're hearing the chatter really starting to pick up surrounding this lightning team. So um in, in the summer about potential moves. Now we'll we'll talk further about some of the other moves that can be made. Like I said on the blast episode, if you didn't get to that go ahead please go ahead and listen. It does tie in with this episode. Um, There, there is some, there, there, there is some talent out there coming to the free agent market uh, that we can discuss in terms of who is, who is going to be available, who is going to be reasonable. um, And what can we expect uh, for the Tampa Bay lightning in terms of who can they sign? Um, this upcoming upcoming off and as well as you know the realistic expectations surrounding Ross Colton, I'm hearing a lot of chatter that basically saying don't be surprised if he gets moved at any point. So that's another thing to look out for as well. So we'll keep an eye on that on the chatter. Uh, and before we get to all those possible scenarios, uh, I want to talk about one of today's sponsors, and that is our friends over at Built Bar. Now, if you're like me and you want to make a healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I got just the thing for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. You've got to try this. And what makes Built Bars so good, you might ask? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate. And so I'm not sure how they do it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and that's even better when they are healthy only 130 calories 4 grams of sugar the whopping t- whopping 17 grams of protein. So now you don't need to wait for a box to get delivered to your door. For years we've been talking about ordering Built bars at built.com but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you could still get them Get your specialty flavors at Bilt.com. So that's either at your local Walmart or your Sam's Club. Pick up your four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar or coconut puff. So go to built.com or your local Sam's Club or your Walmart for the best tasting protein bar in the world. So this is a weird conversation, a very interesting conversation yet to be had for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, a lot of con- a lot of questions. Swirling around this team going into uh, a little bit of a rebuilding off season, and and yes, I I hundred percent agree, or or really double down that it is rebuilding. Not in the sense that you would think from a team that is not necessarily you know in the ruts, you know, not going to win a championship, but by by definitely like you know being able to win on a yearly basis uh, and being in the thick of it on a yearly basis as the lightning are, I definitely think that for them, this is a rebuilding year, mostly rebuilding um, that last defensive line or, you know, trying to slide in players on, on the forward lines. Really. I I look at the two main holes for this lightning team. They're missing uh, two defensemen who you could really put a lot of minutes on consistently and not have to worry about them. Like we did uh, the last couple of years with, with with McDonough and Ruda. Uh, at the same time, their fourth line is probably out the door. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that whole fourth line, Belmar and Perry are gone. Now, as for Maroon, yeah, he's a team player. He's a glue guy. You'll like to see a guy like that on a team. But I just think that. I, I just think that it's time if there was ever a time to get younger, faster, uh it would be now. Now, who knows how it, it I think when you've won multiple championships with a guy as recently as you have with Pat Maroon and make no mistake about it, he was a very big part of those two Stanley Cup winning teams. Uh big reason why they won in the first the first one in the bubble. Um, really it's a delicate situation because you know obviously you don't want to piss anybody off or or leave on any bad blood. Having said that, his contract isn't up until next year, so my issue is, or or my really my question to all of you, and please go ahead and comment below this video on YouTube or hit, hit us up on Twitter. What what is to do? What what do you do about Pat Maroon? You kind of slide him into somewhat of that 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 maybe fourth defense, or uh, that 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 seventh defenseman spot, kind of like what we saw, similar to what Luke Shen did for the Lightning in years past. Could kind of play that versatile role between, I guess, I don't even know what you would call it the stretch forward position or the stretch D-man position, wherever, Basically, whenever the situation uh, really calls for it. And it's going to be interesting because I I don't think he's fast enough to be able to do that. But at the same time, I don't want him, his presence on this team, in terms of taking ice time away from guys like Darren Radish. I thought Darren Radish had a very, very, very good offseason. I don't think that the Lightning are set uh, with just Darren Radish. I think that on that third line, you still – you know, do you take your chances with Hayden Flurry? My opinion? Absolutely not. I I I don't know why you would chance it. Now, that also goes off the other possibility. Do the lightning re-sign Ian Cole? My opinion? I don't think so. On the other side of that equation, do you do you put your bets on Zach Bogosian being able to play a full season? There, therein lies the problem. You know, I would rather a situation where they let Cole walk, thank you for your nice year, have a good one. Uh, maybe have Bogo in and out of, of the lineup throughout the course of the season, and then you pack on the minutes in the playoffs with him. And but you can't take away ice time from Darren Radish because the first line, or or you know, I I kind of tossed it around here and there on the last episode, but as for the official pairings. You would have Hedman and Purbix, which I think have been a very good combination all season long. And then you have Sergachev and Chernak. Now that obviously leaves Radish on the third line. And I would be very upset. And I have all the confidence in the world that John Cooper uh, knows well enough not to do this. But I think it would be very upsetting to me, as well as alarming to some Lightning fans, unless, you know, he does not play well in camp or, you know, you're not hearing that he's progressed at all, but I would expect or really assume that Darren Radish is going to be the third line anchor um for this Lightning team uh come come opening night next year. So, what do you do? Do you do you do you Sub him in and out of the lineup with Bogosian, or, you know, because that's the other question. You know, do the Lightning let Bogosian just sit there and, and just collect dust? Um, you know, injuries are going to happen. So I'm not too worried about that. But one has to look outside of the organization to a certain degree to see what is out there. Um, I was tossing around the idea uh, with my Locked On NHL Thursday host, Chris Basili of Locked On Avalanche and i look at one defenseman in the free agent in the free agent pool for this upcoming summer and it's not just because of his name and you know what we've seen him do in years past but to me to a certain degree with that veteran leadership that he had and call me crazy you know maybe we could get somewhat of a of a discount on him. But John Klingberg is a very enticing name. I think it's a name that we definitely do need to look at. He is 30, played in 67 games this year, had 33 points and 10 goals. That's pretty pretty good in terms of goals for for a defenseman, for your average defenseman. Now, is John Klingberg going to come to Tampa Bay, make less than what he made last year with 7 mil and and be able to and and want to play on the third line? Chances are no, but I feel like the allure of the Tampa Bay Lightning will play in that favor, one of the best in, in, in favor of them in terms of trying to convince him to come. where you have, They're one of the best-ran organizations in the league. You have a Hall of Fame coach and John Cooper. You already have a team around you to go there and win. The weather is beautiful, and all he has to do is come and do his job. He doesn't have to worry about politics. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about really anything. Plus, he does have a former teammate, like I said, if he does stick around in Pat Maroon there. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, not Pat Maroon, Corey Perry. Uh, so there's that as well. I mean, I look at the other defensemen. We could sit here and talk all day about who would probably be a good fit. Um, I look at Dmitry Orloff. I don't know if he's going to want to come for less because the, the the whole big thing about the, these questions we are asking ourselves and and that you know can the lightning get someone of high quality or mid-level quality for a third line you know the lightning aren't going to pay a third line defenseman i think more than three million dollars maybe three and a half and that's all dependent on you know if they can move guys if they can move pieces you know whether it be for draft picks or for prospects um I think you know, and like we said before, Alex Cloran, I think, will set the table for everything else to form around the Lightning. At the same time, the other piece that Lightning should, Lightning fans should look at, because really, these two deals are very, you know, what the Lightning do with their with their third line defensive pairing, that last spot to fill, really depends on you know what happens with Ross Colton. He's he's on a, he's going to be a restricted free agent uh didn't have the best season i still think he has potential to hit that 25 30 goal mark uh i think he's a very talented player i think he just had a, a a very you know off year as players tend to do it was bound to happen rather now than than you know later um but everything i have heard and and through whispers in here is that it's a very real possibility that the lighting could very well trade his rights uh, for whether it be a draft pick or, or whatever the case may be um, most likely a draft pick, probably I would say probably a second la- uh, a second rounder. I think that's the best you're going to get for him. I don't think he's worth a first by no, by, by no means, you know, um, I think he has so much potential But we could all. We've also seen, like this season, when it's not clicking, it can be very frustrating. A lot of miss open nets. A lot of just, you know, he can play physical, but that's pretty much where the the buck stops with him. Now, there's other players I'm looking at. Defensemen. You know, we're not looking at forwards. Like I said, the Lightning don't need to go to the free agency market and look for forwards. They have tons of forwards and and any holes that they need to fill uh, in their their bottom six, they could go straight to Syracuse and look at that. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, We're looking strictly at defensemen. I think when the the, the other player that I really, really like a lot, that another player, restricted free agent, not sure how this is going to work out for him. but. And I doubt Seattle's gonna want to uh, want to part ways with him. But Vince Dunn from Seattle uh, having a spectacular year, one of those guys that is just always in the thick of it. A guy that I feel like could come here. Another guy like I, you know kind of reminds me of the same kind of possibilities with with John Klingberg, guy that could come in. And just be able to to hit the ground running in the system that the Lightning have. Buy into the culture. And, you know, that's maybe a stretch. I think maybe Klingberg, if if he, you know, we saw him wait. It it took a while for him to sign with a team last year. Could we see the same thing this season as this offseason as well? Could be. Who knows? It very well could be the... The case this year. Um, n- let me know in the comments below. You know, what are the defensemen out there, free agents that you really like? Uh, another one that I like, like I spoke about him on the last episode. <clears throat> Ryan Graves in New Jersey, unrestricted, made three mil this year. Not sure that's the kind of deal that he's gonna be looking for again. Um, you know, we're just looking for someone to fill that last that last spot uh, for the lightning. But I also think, you know, like I said, not, not a problem, but you know, if if the lightning can't settle on anybody, it doesn't hurt to go back to a familiar face and Ian Cole. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities out there for the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, Like I said, and I will keep preaching until they fill the position that third line defensive spot is item a on their off season moves. Now, if it's going to take Ross Colton, his rights to trade him, then you got to do what you got to do to rebuild. Um, I think the Lightning could live without Ross Colton rather than have a suspect spot in the third line and have to almost live or be shamed to live with Hayden Flurry in that third line pairing. I mean, you know, nothing against him. It, it's just not a right fit. You know, maybe and, and also maybe with Flurry next year, we'll see a little bit better of a performance. I'm not too optimistic about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the good thing that the the Lightning are they're in a good position. They picked a good year to to really need a defenseman, and there's a lot of free agent the Ufas, especially. Uh, on the market this year. So I'm very curious as to where they spend their money. Uh, One last name I'm looking at is um, Vladis, uh, not Vladisov, Nemestikov. I'm looking at uh, Vladisov Garikov. Uh, That was a name that we probably all remember. um, At the trade deadline, made two mil this year. Um, Left-handed shot, 27 years old. Now in the Kings, had 19 points this year. Uh, played 72 games, so you know he's sturdy and is able to go out there. Um yeah, I mean I mean we could talk, we could we could spend an hour talking about this. There's there's so many possibilities for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very curious. Uh, you know, do they trade Colton and then maybe spend a little bit more on the defenseman on a defenseman? Wouldn't be too mad about that. You know, as much as you would like to see Ross come back and try to get it together, most likely. Um, I feel like the Lightning like him way too much for to give up on him just yet, but then again, who knows? Maybe Brees Bob will see sort of, hopefully this isn't the case, but maybe Brees Boss will wait too long and we'll see some sort of a, uh, a, a repeat from the trade deadline where he's going to have to be almost uh, forced into trading away Colton and and maybe spending a little bit more money uh, in order to get that defenseman. Um, the other name that sticks out to me real quick is <clears throat> Justin Hall from the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's had a little bit of a rocky uh, playoffs thus far. And the other name that I really like uh, who's a UFA is Nico Mikola for that third line uh, from the New York Rangers. Uh, very tall player. I'd rather have him, you know, sandpaper guy out there lay big hits uh could cycle the puck f- uh pretty well for a third line defenseman so you know the the opportunities and the possibilities are endless with this lightning team so let us know in the comments below what you think about this upcoming off season. are you nervous are you worried are you excited like me i'm excited as many uh, as many questions that uh we are gonna have to wait quite some time to get answered or hopefully not um you know this is the best one of the most exciting parts of the season believe it or not uh, playoffs and off season. Those are my two favorite parts of the se- uh, of the NHL season of the NHL calendar year. Uh, so let me know in the comments below and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about uh, the upcoming off season, you know, uh, lightning assistant coach. Another one might be out the door before the end of the summer. We'll talk about that as well. But in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of locked on lightning part of the Locked On podcast network. I'm your host, Adam Danker.